Hello, it is Wednesday, August 5th, time for another episode of the Daily Come On Now MMA podcast. I am Trent Reinsmith, your host, and want to open up with discussing Herb Dean and the cage side doctor in the Edmund Shabazian Derek Brunson fight that took place on Saturday. I I think I think um, Herb Dean is kind of getting a bad rap lately. I know that he did I'm not going to disagree that the two stoppages he made in on on Fight Island were late. They were there's n- there's no really arguing that. But there was some questions I heard about his handling of the Edmund Shabazian not the stoppage and missing the stoppage in the second round that's that was questionable but the the fact that he had the cage side doctor in in the cage at the start of the one minute rest period between rounds and then he waited until that period was over to call timeout, and I, and there were some people upset about that, but I think that was just because it was Herb Dean, and that he's kind of on on the shit list right now with the fans and and maybe some of the media and perhaps even some of the UFC. I don't know, but I know I'm I'm 99% sure that I've seen that that timeout's called uh, at that point in other fights by other referees. And so I reached out to Bob Bennett, the executive director of the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and he said, uh, and this is his quote, and my story on this is on Bloody Elbow, came out um, earlier today. So he said, our regulations in NAC 467 state the referee is the sole arbiter of the contest only the referee can stop the fight in the state of nevada referee herb dean in my opinion is one of the best referees in the business at the end of round two referee dean did not stop the fight and allowed the fighter to walk back to his corner during the one minute rest period you can observe the ringside physician and referee dean speaking during rest period the ringside physician and referee dean did not interfere with shabazian's corner attending to their fighter this is standard procedure as to not interrupt Shabazian's rest period and to allow his corner to attend to him. Upon the one-minute rest period ending, referee Dean called for a timeout and requested the ringside physician. The ringside physician spoke with Shabazian to assess, assess his medical condition and then spoke with referee Dean. From the timeout requested by referee Dean and the ringside physician's medical assessment of Shabazian, the process took approximately 28 seconds. This process is in keeping with the health and safety of the fighter and it did not affect the flow of the fight. Shortly after the third round, referee Dean correctly stopped the contest. And I 100% agree with all this. Um, the hyperbolic claim that from Dana White that the physicians spoke to Shabazian for quote-unquote 10 minutes was ridiculous. I timed the... Uh, the the, the amount of time he spent talking to Shabazian and it was 18 seconds, which in a fight and in a medical assessment is 
not a lot of time. If you're in some kind of medical situation, you would hope that your doctor would speak to you for more than 18 seconds, right? So, and while White said that he was giving Shabazian time to recover, Brunson was also getting time to recover. So, it's not like one fighter is just recovering and, and getting the benefit of, a, of an extended break. And judging from uh, Shabazian's body language, that time was not going to do him any good anyway. He seemingly did not want to be in that fight, but that's another uh, another discussion about Shabazian's coaches. But I just wanted to try and get that cleared up from from the Nevada State Athletic Commission, and I think I think a lot of the questions that arose during that period were based more on Herb Dean than on what was actually happening inside the cage. So I think Dean did the right thing. I don't think the physician took an extended amount of time. And I think that this is all overblown because it's Herb Dean. And he's seemingly in a rough patch right now, which... So he's going to get heat. He's going to get the focus put on him. And he's going to be the guy that bears the brunt of every little thing that he does wrong. Is going to be, it's going to be analyzed and put under the microscope until another referee has a questionable decision. Or another judge has a questionable decision. Or something else takes the place of this in, in the news cycle. But, yeah. Nevada had no problem with what went down. This was explained well, and hopefully that puts um, everything to rest on this. Uh, yesterday, Dana White spoke to Barstool Sports, and he said that the UFC had no plans to strip John Jones of the light heavyweight title. And that makes sense. He's he fought, I think, in February, and usually you get about a a year or so before the UFC starts considering stripping um, someone who hasn't fought. But I think Jones is going to get a longer leash, in much the same way that Conor McGregor is retired. John Jones not fighting while it might hurt the UFC it's not going to kill the UFC so I think the UFC might actually prefer John Jones sitting out and not coming back until uh, the UFC, UFC can generate a gate because um Jones is probably next to Conor McGregor, the number two or number three uh, live gate driver in the promotion. So if the UFC doesn't have to book him in a situation where there is no live gate, well, that's probably fine for the UFC because A, they're not paying Jones. 
B, they offer him. Uh, they would have the. He's got one fight this year, so they have to offer him two. If he refuses those, his contract gets extended. That's a win for the UFC. They offer him another when when um, live crowds can attend UFC events, and that's probably when they start thinking about maybe stripping him if he if he refuses to fight. Um, once the live gates come back. So there's really no urgency to get Jones back because the UFC is getting a set amount of money from ESPN. And why have Jones fight? Why have McGregor fight? When you can still stage 42 events and still make the money that you were going to even if they had fought. So it benefits the UFC to have both these men out and ready to jump right into a fight possibly when live gates can can be once again generated. Now, if you get deep into 2021 and there's no live gates, that might be a different situation. ESPN might start getting a bit squirrely uh, with not having two of the big drivers um, competing especially if the ratings start to drop so if the ratings start to drop and there's and there's no live gates I would expect that Dana White's phone's going to start ringing and questions are going to start being asked about when Conor McGregor and John Jones are going to fight again but for right now, I don't think there's any urgency to uh, to have either of them fight simply because they're getting that ESPN money. Regardless, as long as they stage this, the number of fight cards that is contractually required. And so the UFC's best business decision is to let them sit out, let them rest up, let them be healthy for when live gates can be... Uh, once again generated with crowds at UFC events. So it makes sense. I don't like it, but it makes sense. Davidson Figueredo did an interview with MMA Fighting and he said that he believes that it would not be fair if Cody Garbrandt cut down to 125 and automatically got a title fight and while we all know that fair has nothing to do with it in the UFC he's not wrong and Garbert's Garbrandt's name is being bandied about as a title contender at 125 and 135 and he's won one fight in the past four years I don't understand this. I mean, so he beat Dominic Cruz in December 2016. Then he got knocked out by TJ Dillashaw. Then he got knocked out by TJ Dillashaw again. Then he got knocked out by Pedro Munoz. And in June of this year, he he knocked out Rafael Asuncao. That's not... <laughs> I don't care who who you are. That's not a... A record that says, oh, this guy needs a title shot. 
He, he shouldn't get, and, and he has never fought at 125 either. So I don't really get that. Now there's things behind the scenes that I do get and that might benefit Garbrandt. The number one on that list is that he is managed by Ali Abdelaziz and Abdelaziz plays nice with promotions we have heard. And number two is I believe that Garbrandt is represented by uh, WMEIMG. So there's that as well. And that the have fighters represented by the parent company of the UFC that has always not sat well with me because it it just opens the door for for you know malfeasance I guess is the best word because then who's to say that the UFC is not going to play favorites with that person because they have an interest in doing so so I don't like that I don't think that that should be allowed but what do I know um, I yeah so there, there's a legit concern that, that Garbrandt will get a title fight. And I, I don't know how you can... How that can be justified in any way other than we like this kid and we want him to... We want him to get a, a title fight. It's much in the same way as we like Max Holloway and think he deserves a third straight shot at Alexander Volkanovsky. Even though he lost the first two. So, fair UFC. Fair ain't got nothing to do with it. So the UFC will do what it wants until fighters get fed up with the UFC doing what it wants. And then hopefully they can rise up and at least start negotiating with thing, with, the, with the organization. But, yeah, Figueredo's right. It's not fair. But that doesn't mean Cody Garbrandt's not going to get a title shot or two. I think I'm going to cut it short today here. Um, I want to do some reading on what's going on in the uh, college football ranks where they're the one division the players are making demands of the NCAA or they're going to sit. So I just I want to speak about that a little bit tomorrow and how that might play into the it might be something the UFC could follow. I just need to get a better understanding of that. But uh, from what I gather right now, it's just, you know, these college players, football players, are, are making one of the demands is a 50 50 uh, revenue split with the NCAA. And all these uh, sports reporters are saying that that's a non starter. But I would say, why? Why is that a non starter? Just because you think the the they don't deserve it or because they never got it that's not there's billions of dollars involved on this and don't give me the college scholarship BS either anyway yeah so I want to get a little better grasp of that and I'll talk about that and I think there are some ways that the UFC could follow the UFC fighters could maybe not make demands but at least band together and start discussions amongst themselves real discussions too not just 
you know, empty, empty discussions. Anyway, short one tonight. Um, again, I'm still working through the software, so it's causing me pain. But I'll get the hang of it sooner or later. Hopefully sooner. And then the next step after that is the, uh, shooting this on uh, video and hopefully getting that rolling as well. But we'll see how it all goes. And until tomorrow, stay safe.